will you forsake me? Can you say amen to that? Amen. But what about when it's really hard to say that? What about when it's really lonely? There's a spot in the Pacific Ocean where it is the furthest possible spot on the earth from land, which means if you were on a boat there all by yourself, you would be the furthest possible distance away from any other human beings. Of course, other ships in the the water may be closer, but really, how much more alone could you get? It's said that at that spot, if the International Space Station is flying overhead, you're actually closer to the astronauts than you are to anyone on a terrestrial ground. What if you feel that alone? What if you despair of life, like the Apostle Paul said in our message last week? How can you give thanks to the Lord? Is there a test case in Scripture where someone was so low, so down, so far from what they thought the presence of God was, and yet the Lord gave that person the voice of thanksgiving? Well, there is, and it's Jonah. And so if you have your Bible, will you please turn with me to Jonah chapter 2. Jonah chapter 2. What we're going to find this morning is that God gives his people the voice of thanksgiving, even in the most impossible situations. If you don't have a Bible with you, Jonah chapter 2 is also reprinted on the back of your bulletin. I'm going to pray first, and then we'll read, I will read Jonah chapter 2. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we declare that after all, you are faithful, that not for a moment have you forsaken us. For those who you have called to yourself, for those you have saved by grace through faith in your son Jesus, you are always with us, no matter where we are on earth, no matter where we are on the calendar And no matter how low our circumstances make us feel, not for a moment have you forsaken us. And we know it's because of what you've done for us through Christ. So give us the voice of thanksgiving this morning and this week. Teach us from your word how to be thankful in all circumstances. Teach us now and give us ears to hear from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The prophet Jonah and chapter 2, I'm going to read the whole thing. Uh, Jonah is in a bad situation and we're going to hear his prayer. Jonah, beginning in chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried. And you heard my voice, for you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. 
The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Verse 10 tells us that the prophet Jonah's circumstances led to him becoming part of fish vomit. Okay? The prophet Jonah was fish vomit, and it was an answer to prayer. It was a glorious answer to prayer. If Jonah had been on our prayer chain, we would have received an update. Update on Jonah, and the update would have read, The fish vomited Jonah. Amen. Can you imagine being in a situation where the answer to your prayer is you becoming fish vomit? How low can you go? How hard does your circumstance need to be? How much of a mess do you have to get yourself in to be in the place Jonah was where, Lord, if there's any way, will you please vomit me out of this fish? Jonah was there. And there are two ways to get that low in life. Two ways to be in a situation in life that is that low, that desperate, that difficult. And first is sin. One of the ways to find yourself in a situation like Jonah was in is your own sins. God will discipline the sins of his children. God will disciple us out of those sins that we find ourselves in. Jonah's sin brought him lower and lower and further and further from the blessings of God, but not any further from the actual presence of God because he was far away from the International Space Station because there wasn't one back then. And he was far away from every other human being, but God was there in the belly of the fish because sin cannot outrun God's sovereign hand. You cannot outrun God's presence and his sovereign hand. So you might find yourself in a situation where you're low, 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 low because of your sin. Or maybe not. You might find yourself in a situation like that just because God has a plan to sanctify you. So you're there for sin or sanctification. God loves you so much that he may, at times throughout your life, bring you so low, 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 just because he wants to make you glorious and strong and faithful and courageous and to give you a story, an unbelievable story, a difficult story, a story you can only share through tears so that your church family will say, amen, wasn't God faithful to you? 
So it might just be for your sanctification, not for Jonah. Jonah was in this situation and his sin got himself there. If you have a Bible, you can peek back to the beginning of chapter 1. In chapter 1, it begins this way. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. Verse 3, But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So God said, Jonah, go that way. And Jonah said, No thanks, I'm going the opposite direction. Jonah ran away from God, or so he thought. And then in verse 17, after an adventure on the ship that Jonah was on to try and get away from God's plan, we read in verse 17, And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. So God gives Jonah the gift of a free three-day, three-night cruise as a gift to teach him how low his sin will take him and how far God will go to redeem him. So let's learn from Jonah and the lessons he learned while he was in the belly of the fish, having tried to run as far as possible away from the will of God in his life, what did Jonah learn? His prayer can be summarized. God gives his people the voice of thanksgiving. God gives his people the voice of thanksgiving. And there are three themes in Jonah's prayer. There's despair, deliverance, and destinations. There's three parts to our message. There's this despair, deliverance, and destinations. All three of them will teach us that God gives his people the voice of thanksgiving. First, despair. Everyone I've met has been in a situation at least once in their life where they would have said, I despaired. Look at verse 1. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish. Okay, stop there. That's despair, right? He, he was trapped in a fish belly. That's bad enough, right? And he was trapped for three days. Back in March 2019, South African photographer Rainer Schimpf was gobbled up by a bride's whale. And he wasn't trapped long. He was only trapped for a couple of minutes or maybe even not that long. After he was uh, rescued from the mouth of this bride's whale, he reports as follows. I was just holding myself and bracing myself and calming myself down. I don't know how he did that. Not to be panicked. And it worked out. He said, quote, he spat me out and everybody's happy. That could be the name of the sermon. He spat me out and everybody's happy. But it's not happy being stuck in a giant fish. It's despair. Look at verse 2. The beginning of Jonah's prayer. From despair. Verse 2. Saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress. And he answered me. Now go to verse 5. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head. This is the, the language, the poetic language of, I'm not going to make it to tomorrow. I'm not going to get through this. Verse 6, at the roots of the mountains, 
I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Think about that. Poetically, he's saying, I messed my life up so bad there's no escape. There's no hope. There's no way out. There's no chance that this story turns out for good. That's where he was. Now look at verse 7. When my life was fainting away. Stop there. This is despair. Jonah was in a place of despair. So we need to ask, where is God when we're in despair? Where is God when we're in despair? Well, he's there. He's right there. When we're in despair, God is right there. And it's true, not just because it rhymes. When you despair, it's possible, in fact, plausible, that you're saying some things in your head. I can't believe this. I can't endure this. I can't bear this another day. And it is possible, in fact, very plausible, that the only person who hears that thought is your Heavenly Father. The only person who knows that thought and is able to care is your Heavenly Father. And isn't it good that the only person who hears and knows those thoughts who could care actually cares about you so much that he sent his son to die so that he could be with you when you despair? Where's God in despair? He's right there and he's the only one right there. God in despair can give his people the voice of thanksgiving. But let's not downplay the despair. Some of God's people will be in a situation this week, maybe even today, of complete and utter despair. When we're in despair, God is right there. God gives his people the voice of thanksgiving. That's the first theme, despair. The Bible's pretty realistic about real life. Sometimes we despair. But the second theme is deliverance. Deliverance. Who is going to deliver Jonah from this despair? Well, in Jonah chapter 1, most of you know the story. They're on the ship where Jonah's running away. All the sailors, there's sort of this battle of the gods. Uh, You cry out to your God. You cry out to your God. There's this big storm. Everyone's afraid for their life. Let's cry out to God. Let's cry out to God. You cry out to your God. You cry out to your God. But then the sailors go from that to trying to solve their own problem themselves. And that's what people do in despair. They cry out to any old God who might hear them, and then they go back to trying to solve their own problems. Uh, back on 9-11, I was uh, the leader of a Christian fellowship group at a uh, otherwise secular campus. We had a Christian fellowship group at a public college. And uh, 9-11 happened, and we called for a prayer meeting on campus. And normally at our prayer meeting, we had about eight people on a normal Wednesday morning prayer meeting or whatever it might be. I know 9-11 was a Tuesday. We had a prayer meeting one of those nights and about 80 people showed up and people we had never seen before. Everyone thought, what do we do in a crisis? I guess we need to cry out to whatever God might hear us. And a whole bunch of extra students came to our large group fellowship that Thursday night. But they were interested in crying out to God for a short time and then it faded People went back to trying to solve their own problems. The only God who could save Jonah 
in chapter 1 is the only God who could save Jonah in chapter 2. And Jonah expresses this in his prayer. He's crying out to the only God who can deliver. Look at verse 2. After the big battle of all the other gods in chapter 1, saying, I called out to the Lord, not any old God, to the Lord out of my distress. And he answered me. Look at verse 3. Very interesting. Very important to remember if you are low, low, low in a place of despair. Look at verse 3. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me all Your waves and your billows passed over me. Yes, Jonah's sin got him into this situation. Yes, Jonah's sin brought him low. But Jonah knows that God was the one who sovereignly put Jonah in the water, who cast him off the boat, who put him in the mouth into the belly of the fish. Jonah is declaring, even though it's his own fault, that God is still the one who put him there. And he's giving God the credit. You cast me, your waves, your billows. He's saying that we are not in control. God is in control. And he's saying that you cannot outrun God's arm. If it's God casting Jonah into the water, if it's God opening the mouth of the fish, and if it's the waters and the waves and the billows of God, then Jonah is saying, God, you put me here, even though it was my sin. And that means if God put you there in despair, then God can get you out. Jonah in his prayer is declaring that, God, you cast me into the sea. You may also cast me out onto dry land. God, you put me into the water. God, you can get me out of the water. Look at verse 6. At the roots of the mountains, I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit. O Lord, my God, when my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. Stop there. Jonah is praying for a resurrection. He's praying, Lord, you've given me hope even in this fish. It seems like I'm going to die, but Lord, you've given me hope for another day. Lord, deliver me. He's asking for a resurrection. My life became death. Lord, give me new life. He's asking for a metaphorical raising from the dead. And we see the great deliverance contrast between the God that Jonah's praying to and other gods. Look at verse 8. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. What are vain idols? They're false gods. There are other things or people who claim that I can help you solve your problems. I can get you out of trouble. If you're in despair, sign up, read this, grab this, buy this two-day free shipping. I will solve your problems. When you are in despair, brother or sister in Christ, where do you run? Where do you run? Who do you trust? Do you trust your money? So you run to the bank. Do you trust your doctor? So you run to the doctor's office. Do you trust your government? So you cry out to Washington, D.C. Do you trust your entertainment? So you go on your phone or your device and you say, please save me from my despair. Oh, unlimited access to movies and TV shows and short videos. Where do you go in despair? Who will hear you? Who will deliver you? 
Verse 8, those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope. When you go to another God other than the one true God for hope, in despair, you're actually giving up on hope because those gods cannot give you hope. Only God can. Look at verse 9. Still in the belly of a fish. Are you serious? Verse 9, but I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And verse 10, after that prayer, and the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Jonah knew where to go. He went to the owner's manual of life, not to the one in your glove compartment. Where do you go when things break down? If you drive a car, you've got your owner's manual in the glove compartment. and Your car breaks down. Do you cry out to God first, help? Or do you go right away to your owner's manual? I got a safety recall the other day and I thought to myself, crying out to vain idols is like the safety recall notice I got on my car recently. This is from Ford. What's the issue? On your vehicle, the owner's guide doesn't include an accurate description of all head restraints and instructions for adjusting them. Okay, cry out to your maker, right? What will Ford do for you? Well, we have provided an addendum. So they mailed me this addendum to put in the glove compartment so that we can find out how to adjust the head restraints or the head uh, seats. Okay, what should you do? Now that my maker, right, has given me this, what should you do? Well, you can place it in the glove box. That's what it says. But you have the option to take your vehicle to a Ford or Lincoln dealer for assistance with properly installing the owner's manual addendum into your vehicle glove box Free of charge, parts and labor. Wow. That is quite the offer. Can you imagine rolling into the dealer? Can you help me get this in my glove box? We're laughing. That's what we do when we cry out to our money, our career, our screens, our food, all those pleasures we run to when we despair instead of God. We're acting like a helpless car owner. Help me, help me. Can you help me put this in my glove box? We have the creator of the universe to cry out to who put us into that place of despair because of our sin or just for our sanctification. And we cry out to him and all the other gods cannot save, cannot give hope, but the one true God can. He made the world. He made the oceans. He made Jonah and he made the big fish. And if God will say vomit to the fish, the fish will vomit Jonah out of his mouth. And then out of Jonah's mouth will come the voice of thanksgiving. And that is what Jonah is praying. Lord, you got me here. I'm going to you. You're the only one who can save. I'm going to thank you even before you answer this prayer. Did you notice that? Did you notice that? In Jonah's prayer, he thanks God for being the one who saves him before his prayer is answered, before the despair is alleviated. Look at verse 9. But with the voice of thanksgiving, 
will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. That's before he's saved. That's before his prayer is answered. Lord, salvation belongs to you. I'm thankful for you. Before the despair is alleviated. So friends, can you thank God for salvation and for his steadfast love today? Or are you waiting until he answers the next prayer you're waiting for an answer for before you can say, salvation belongs to the Lord and he has given me the voice of thanksgiving? Will you only thank the Lord if you get what you want next? Jonah knows to say to the Lord, salvation belongs to you. You've given me the voice of thanksgiving even before his despair is alleviated. If you've been saved by grace through faith in Jesus, you have more than enough to be thankful for. Every other good thing is a bonus. It's a blessing. It's a gift. God gives his people the voice of thanksgiving and faith thanks God no matter the circumstance. Faith thanks God no matter the circumstance. And faith thanks God before the next prayer is answered. Faith thanks God before the next prayer is answered. So that's deliverance. Only one God can deliver. And thank him for delivering you from sin before you wait for his next answered prayer and wait to thank him. Thank him now. There's despair, there's deliverance, and finally, there's two destinations for people who are in despair. Destinations, point three. When you're in despair, there are two outcomes. Despair or thanksgiving. You can stay in despair, not just circumstances of despair, but an attitude of despair, or you can end with thanksgiving even before your circumstances are alleviated. Despair or thanksgiving, those are the only two destinations. Look at verse 8. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. Everyone despairs at times. When we run to a false god for hope, we are denying ourselves the chance of hope. When we run to a false god for hope, we are forsaking our hope of steadfast love because those other gods cannot give us that. Everyone who despairs calls out to their God. That's what the sailors were doing in chapter 1, verse 8, one last time. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. So without God, there's no hope for despair. So you'll stay in despair. There's no one who can bring you out of despair if you go to a false God. That's one destination. But the other destination is the voice of thanksgiving, is thankfulness, no matter the circumstances. Consider Jonah's life. Because of his own sin, God brought him down, down, down to the lowest possible circumstance, literally the lowest place on earth, under the water, in a fish. No reasonable thought that he would survive, basically to death. And so this is basically a test case in the Bible. Can God be thanked? That's our sermon series. Today's the finale. Give thanks to God. Can God be thanked even when the circumstances are so hard? Well, it sounds easy when we have people share, right? Oh, well, I love my family and people are nice to me. Those are great and those are powerful. 
But some people shared over the past few weeks, God got me through the most difficult situation. Or as Tom shared, God said no to some of my prayers, and I'm so thankful for that. What a glorious testimony that was. But what if there was a test? Can God be thanked in the hardest circumstances? Well, Jonah in chapter 2 was put in the second worst possible situation a human could be in. And he calls out to God and he thanks God even before he's delivered and he is saved because God gives his people the voice of thanksgiving. That's the message of Jonah too, but that was only the second worst possible situation a human being could ever be in because Jonah was delivered and he went to tell Nineveh of God's forgiveness and they repented of their sins and were spared for a generation from God's judgment, but God's judgment was coming on the world. The wrath of God was being poured out on the whole world for every sin and one day a man named Jesus arrived like Jonah. And he was put in the worst possible situation a human being could ever be in. In fact, Jesus mentions Jonah and he knows first century Jews would know that story really well and they would be thinking maybe of it. And Jesus says this in Matthew 12, for just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the son of man, talking about himself, be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jesus teaches us that Jonah, a real character, a real person in history, was also a type of Jesus, a sign pointing ahead to a greater Jonah. And Jesus triumphantly enters Jerusalem for the final week before the cross, and he has to face the worst thing ever. He has to face the wrath of God on the cross. And the night before, Jesus was facing the worst circumstances ever, having already been betrayed. And he cried out to God like Jonah did from the belly of the fish. Luke 22 says, And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, this is Jesus crying out, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. How hard was the despair? How hard were the circumstances Jesus was facing? The story continues. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. An angel appeared to strengthen Jesus because the situation was so hard. Verse 44, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. That's despair. That's unbearable circumstances, but it's not faithless despair on the lips of Jesus. It's despair from the agony of his circumstances, and he prays to the Father. Salvation belongs to the Lord. He is the one who can save. The one Jonah said salvation belongs to the Lord about. Jesus is crying out too, but the Father had a different answer for Jesus' prayer. For Jonah, it was yes, and the fish spit him out, and Jonah was fish, vomit, and all God's people said amen. But the Father's answer for Jesus was, son, so that I might save sinners like Jonah and like us. 
there is no way to remove this cup from you. No one else can drink this cup. It was the cup of God's wrath that Jesus went on to drink so that sinners could be saved from wrath, so that we could end up in a different destination when we cry out to God. False gods will leave you in despair. The true God will leave us with thanksgiving on our lips. God gives his people the voice of thanksgiving. And Jesus went down, 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 even further so that you and I, in our despair, could have God with us. That's why we can give thanks in all circumstances. I want to leave you with a verse and a testimony as we close this sermon series. The verse is actually three verses. 1 Thessalonians five sixteen through 18. Great verses to think about on Thanksgiving month. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It was Thanksgiving week this week, but the Christian life is a thanksgiving life. Always be grateful to God, especially for what he has done to you, for you, through Jesus. But if you're here and you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, will you consider the story of Jonah? God brought him low to a place of despair and he called out and he ended up thankful. And consider on top of that that Jesus went further than Jonah so that in human despair there is someone you can cry out to who will hear and who will love and who can save. Made possible by the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus. If you don't believe, won't you trust in him today? God gives his people the voice of thanksgiving. Now, a testimony. Remember at the beginning I said there's two reasons you might find yourself low, low, low in a situation of despair. One is your own sin. But the other is just because God wants to make you more like Jesus Christ. And we call that sanctification. If you're facing persecution at work or school for your faith, God put you there for his glory and to make you more like Christ. If you were in an accident and you have a permanent injury, God put you there for his glory and to make you more like Jesus Christ. If you love your family members with all of your love, And they do not return the love. And maybe this week didn't return the love. God put you in that family for his glory and to make you more like Christ. If you built something in faith and gave it all to God and he provided for a season, but now he took it all away. God did that for you. For his glory and to make you more like Christ. Here's the testimony. We support Johnny and Friends, a gospel ministry to families affected by disability. Johnny Erickson Todd is who it's named after, and she had to learn this difficult lesson. In a diving accident, she became a quadriplegic. She's been in a wheelchair for over 50 years, and she wrote this 
on her 50th anniversary. Why was she down so low, low, low? Why was the Lord's prayer answer for her a no? She said, so for the last 50 years in my wheelchair, I've been daily dying to self and rising with Jesus, dying to self and rising with Jesus, dying to self and rising with Jesus. My goal is to mortify my fleshly desires so I might find myself in Christ. God has been answering my prayer, exposing dark things in my heart, things from which I need to be healed. Does God miraculously heal? Sure he does. But in this broken world, it's still the exception, not the rule. And here she talks about getting the answer to her prayer of a no. She says a no answer to my request for a miraculous physical healing has meant purged sin, a love for the lost, increased compassion, stretched hope, an appetite for grace, an increase of faith, a happy longing for heaven, a desire to serve, a delight in prayer, and a hunger for his word. And now listen to how she ends. Oh, bless the stern schoolmaster that is my wheelchair. It's all to the praise of deeper healing in Christ. In despair, God gives his people the voice of thanksgiving. Cry out to him. Thank him. And know that he is with you and he is for you. Like he was for Jonah because the tomb of Jesus is empty and he can give us victory over despair. Let's pray. Father, give us the voice of thanksgiving that your sinful servant Jonah found rising up from his heart, out of his lips, in the belly of the great fish. Thank you for that great fish which you called and assigned the task of letting Jonah see how low his sins could take him. And how far he could go, and yet not so far that you could not reach him and save him. When we are low in despair, Lord, help us cry out to you with the voice of thanksgiving. Help us say with Jonah that salvation belongs to the Lord. And Father, be glorified in our stories when they have despairing circumstances. And may it be a testimony to your steadfast love so that the world can see vain idols forsake that hope of steadfast love. But when we trust you, you give us the hope of your steadfast love. Thanks for someone to cry out to when we're in despair. May the voice of thanksgiving be on our lips today 
and this week for our good, a testimony to others, and for your glory. In Jesus' name.